time I was on here. Please hold. Into the mic. Uh, yeah. the mic, I'm please. trying to find the Turn last time that on. I was on the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I'm on my phone. Turn it on or just turn it around? Ooh, hello. You just got to eat it a little bit. Hi, how you doing? Welcome to Tanner's podcast. Off access. Do you have intro music yet? Because I think you do now. Sorry, what? Do you have intro music? Uh, I think he just gave you some new stuff. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're feeling it. Can we get that Podcast intro music again? Live. Yeah. Hi, how you doing? Welcome to the podcast. It's off axis. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the off axis podcast. I got Mitch here and Dylan Vance. How you guys doing today? Good. I'm chilling, man. Tired from bouncing with these guys, but I'm chilling. Yeah, so uh, then let's first start off with uh, Dylan. You got a new house. Oh yeah. Okay. I don't own the. Ho- I do not own the house, but we are leasing a house north of north beyond the hills. It's like the furthest. It's like deep Summerlin. North, but it's beyond. It's not even in Summerlin. I didn't yeah. even know that you could go above Summerlin and still be in Las Vegas. But yeah, it's that's like where we are. Almost like Mount Charleston, kind of like and pretty we far up finished. there. Building a double-sided tramp wall Was that like the first thing you guys built when you got 10 there? 10 days ago uh, Built, yes We set up Rebecca's teeter board And we're jumping on that for a little bit um, But we were we were all on contracts And going to auditions and all over the place So for the first two or three months All of the people on the lease were like Barely there Damn. And now there's only two of us In a, well You and Marley? Yeah Who all lives there? Me Marley Webster, Rebecca Bubner, Julian Kalari, Haul Fernandez, or you might know him on Instagram as Haul Vitaboa. It looks like Raul. Um, and we have a temporary sublet moving in in March, and then Julian gets back. Sounds like there's going to be a lot of shuffling going on in that house, I there's, bet. Yeah, there's a lot. Because of like switching rooms and all that kind of stuff. The house is pretty yeah. sweet. I saw it for the first time yesterday. You guys do have a pretty freaking sweet tramp wall in the backyard. I'm sure Julian is <laughs> in heaven because he's always yeah. begging for a Well, he hasn't wall. actually touched it yet. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> he just gets to see videos of he's it. Just, just taunt him. He's in FOMO heaven right now. <laughs> and he's probably, I think he's bouncing on like an eight foot wall or something right now. Maybe seven. I think, it, it, yeah. It's got to be torture. <laughs> he knows there's a 12 foot wall in his backyard. Yeah. And he's over there doing shows on his ideal height of seven feet. <laughs> <laughs> Literally at like half of what he wants. Yeah. But but it's ready for him and we're ready. We're still like modifying things and getting the house set up and settling in. But yeah, the wall's is, ready to go. Is this your guys first time like all like getting a place together other than like those social media houses? Yes. Is this your first time being on a lease? No. No. So you guys are all like, whose idea was it to put it together? Uh, it actually all started because, not to put her business out there, but Rebecca was looking to buy a house for the past like year or two and didn't want to be in Vegas, but felt like Vegas was the right place because hello industry. Yeah. And the market is just crazy. And then Julian was looking to get a place with me. And then I was on a contract with Marley. And I was like, yo, this is great. We should just 
get a place, the three of us. And then we're looking in like the three bedrooms. There wasn't enough space to put a wall or like even the teeterboard in the backyard. And so just going for a five bedroom with all of us in it, it like it had the space to put a teeterboard, to put a double sided tramp wall. And we have a pool. And now we have the opportunity to have a little bit of extra space for floaters and friends who are coming in and out of town. Yeah, and, lots of space. And there, crash for at the sure. place for a little bit and just have a place to be. Yeah. And Mitch, you're living in a van down by the river, basically? Yeah, I moved into my van and tried to join the circus, so can't rate that any different. How's that going for you? Um good. I wouldn't be here without it. Van life. No, I like the longest so since I moved from Michigan, where I'm from originally, out to Southern California and with these guys to do to do junk tramp at the beginning of the pandemic. The longest I've stayed in any one place is six months. And that was Fallbrook. That was the last house. So the last year, the longest I stayed at Woodward for five months and then went to Colorado for two months, uh, went super broke, like van broke down, lost. So I lost my car, lost my house, uh, contract fell through, job fell through all in like two days. Was that, that was after 2020 though? Yeah. Just pure dumb luck. Yeah. So basically like, Moved in with these guys. I didn't do tramp wall at the time. Uh, when did you move in with us? April of 2020. It was like right. a month. It was like a month into the pandemic. Um, but yeah, so like moved in on like a week's notice. Like I bought a ticket and left a week later. Um, but I didn't do tramp wall at the time. Like I did trampoline and I was a coach. That was my main thing. I coached a lot. Moved out there to help them do video stuff because I had just graduated from film school. And then the entire film industry just shut down. Um, Yikes. Yeah. But it is good that we need more filmers in the circus community. There's only a handful of them right now that are putting out actual high quality. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm <laughs> making, tying I'm up, a, making, I'm, I'm making a little bit of a loop here because the the tension from the cable I could like feel on my head. So I'm Got putting it. the tension on the microphone mm-hmm. thing instead of my neck. Okay. So if you pull back, the microphone will fall off the table. Now instead. You're it. <laughs> All right. So yeah. So there's it's good to have more filmers in the industry because there's not very many people that put out high quality content in the circus industry. Um, right now I think, I mean, I can only really think of myself and Austin Bradley who else is doing film stuff. Really? Is David Matz a little bit? I know he has the space, but I don't know how much he's created. David Matz has had a, he has like a whole slow-mo project that he was doing that focuses on circus and aesthetics. I don't remember the last time that he put it out though. Yeah, um, cool. his space is pretty sweet though. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking to create, and it's always like it's it's so fun. So, and I'm learning FPV and like all these different things. So I'm just trying to explore, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's good this though. Was a mistake. And are you <laughs> are, are you live you're living in LA? Yeah, so I'm floating around SoCal right now. So, Thanks. God, let's see. So I did. I lived in. I lived with all these guys. Uh, all these guys at Junk Tramp for about a year. And then I got a job at Woodward Tahoe. I was, so I was a manager there for the summer. I was there for five months, realized that I didn't want to stay and then decided to uh, pursue the performance route. So I left, left my full-time job, went to Colorado. Like I said, like basically just totally bottomed out, um, got the text to do uh, the zoo and do my first contract in San Diego. So I did that and then used that money to go to Mexico. And I watched Garrett do Hoya. And that was like extremely inspirational. I went there, cried at the end of the show. It was great. Um, cried, huh? Oh yeah, dude. It was like it was my was first Cirque good? show. Okay. My first Cirque show. Uh, 
my homie was in it that I lived with. Yeah. And it was tramp wall, like at a, at a super, you know, at a really high level. And it was just, I'd never actually like seen it in a show like that. So I was like really inspired. I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. So I came back from Mexico and I've been like mostly fro- floating around SoCal, working down there, but like been just so motivated since I got back. It's been so much fun. And that's why I'm here to bounce with these guys. Like that might be one of the best setups in the country, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's like for definitely real. really good. When for Marley real. told me to shake the wall and it didn't move an inch, I was like, ooh, yeah, that is freestanding nice. wall, like nuts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, floating around SoCal right now, mostly like L.A., Orange. Uh, I coach in the Redlands, just trying to get through the summer right now and just explore. But I got the van, so here I am. Yeah. How is the how is Hoya's like outside of the show? Is it like a pretty nice area? Yeah, dude, it's incredible. Is that like, like a, a resort. Or something? Yeah. So it's at a resort. Um, the whole it's a very like curated experience, like. You get on like this like golf cart shuttle from the resort and they take you kind of under the highway. And then that's the only way you can get to the venue is like through these shuttles. So they get to control like everything that you like see from the time you get off. And uh, so you go into this bar called Nectar. It's just cool aesthetic. Got a lot of really cool hanging light fixtures. Uh, And then you look out and there's like, you know, this this like lazy river there's this man-made river with an island in the middle and on this canoe going around the river um are two people in like traditional like mayan like war paint and the like they'll go around and they just look really stoic and one of them will like fire breathe once in a while and this is while you're waiting to go into the theater like you haven't even been in the theater yet um and then you go in the theater and it's obviously all set decorated for the show it's because it's been running forever but the food is incredible Really? Yes, absolutely. Like when you buy ticket packages, like one of the things they ask you is like, or that one of the things that factors in pricing is the food. Cause like, cause you sit down and everyone, the base ticket package gets like, uh, hors d'oeuvres and champagne. And then from there you can go up. But like even the little hors d'oeuvres, there was like three different categories of food, like every single one. I don't know what an hors d'oeuvre is. What is that? It's like finger foods. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know, it's on a toothpick. Pigs in a blanket. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I went to Cirque du Soleil. They had the best pigs and blanket I'd ever had. Ritz crackers with feta cheese mm-hmm. and champagne. What else do they have in the show there? Oh God, um, the the I remember the hand balance acro person was incredible. I really like that. They have this whole sequence um, where people are rigged from the ceiling, and the whole scene is underwater, and that's really cool because they'll go out like over the crowd. There's water in the show. No, that's the thing. Like, in in the show, you know, it's they make believe, uh, yeah, they pretend water. You know, they jump off the ship or whatever, and then the next, the whole next scene or sequence is supposed to be like underwater, and they drop stuff down from the ceiling to make it, you know, like seaweed. Um, really, really gorgeous. This is a podcast. Most people are actually just listening. To that's one. okay. They're that's a, see they would acting. not have known that I was doing anything if you hadn't stopped the conversation <laughs> to talk. I was just acting out the water. For those okay. of you listening, Dylan is uh, pretending he's in water. He's a very nice I was, jelly, jellyfish. But they ruined it. <laughs> it's just a secret for the. Sounds like a pretty sweet show, though. Mm-hmm. Do recommend. Highly recommend. Nice. Plus, the trample all cast is just so good. It's pretty good act. I'm mm-hmm. assuming. What is it? Mm-hmm. Four people in the act. Yes. Do they have rotation? You know. Like, is it? I don't know. Huh. I don't That's think so. I don't think so either. I think it's just like four people. Garrett's yeah. the only American in the entire cast. So, does everyone else speak English? 
Uh, you said there's English, but there's still like, it's different, you know, cause it's still different culturally. So, uh, when we went to go visit him, he said that we were the first fully American conversation he had had in like two and a half months since he moved there. Oh man. His Spanish is getting better though. So shout out Garrett. You're killing it. <laughs> That's awesome. Man. Yeah. That's like, uh, for a while I was going down to Panama, like every year for this event and I would, my fluent or my Spanish would get pretty fluent, but then, uh, I would forget it for the rest of the year and mm-hmm. haven't. I don't think I've used Spanish in like almost eight years or so. So now I, Whoa. hola and what, adios. What, what event was in Panama? Every it's year. called Cultura de Ruedas. I don't know if that's how you say it, but it's Culture on Wheels. It's basically an action oh. sports event. There was a skate competition, scooter demos, BMX demos, motocross, all kinds of stuff. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I would describe it. It's just a big, huge like event. With all kinds of like Is it a contest? For too? skateboarding They had like Best trick contests okay. And stuff For scootering It was just like the They would send like Down the Razor pros And like some other Popular Is that how scooters. you got in? Just like Do Team Razor? Yeah 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 I was the Team manager for Razor At the time so Yeah That'll do it the, the first year we went down there I was not the team manager And our team manager Actually spoke Spanish And it was all good, but the next year I was the guy in charge and I didn't speak any Spanish, so we ran into a lot Stop. of walls. It was yeah. like walking around with the like Google <laughs> Translate, like trying to show people, like <laughs> trying to order at McDonald's and stuff. That's uh, an experience. You get really good at speaking with your hands. Like mm-hmm. I had a roommate named Rafa, uh, Rafa Olmos. He's Wait from uh, Spain and he only really spoke Spanish, but he lived with me for a while and he's like one of the greatest teeterboard artists in the world. You lived with Rafa Olmos? Yeah. Yeah, Rafa lived with me for like a year or so, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, he's really good, really good. But my Spanish got really good while he was around me. And then, like, it was kind of fun, you know, being around someone where you had to speak a little bit of Spanish. Mm -hmm. And then he left, and I was like, damn it, who am I going to practice my Spanish with? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Use it or lose it. I never wanted to until I went to a country that speaks Spanish. And I was like, oh, I can see the usefulness (laughs) in this. Oh, Right. Mm, <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> so how was performing behind, how was performing at the zoo? Oh dude, so fun. Yeah. yeah that like uh you guys have like a six foot wall? It's a little six foot wall, but like what it is is the people in that contract in that show are just are just really good people. Like I it, I had like my uh manager John, fantastic. Pete and Rachel that own the production company, amazing people. Like what's still, the production company? What? Ray what, Creations. What? Oh, it's Ray Creations? I've oh, never yeah. heard of it. Uh, yeah, I didn't they, even know there's a show at the zoo. They mostly just well, that's the thing. They've been doing this. Ju- um, <laughs> How did you not know damn, that there was Dylan. a show at the zoo? Anyway, so many people on your podcast have done that show. That's true. That's true. I don't think we've really talked about the zoo before. Maybe oh, we yeah. have it. San Diego forgot. Zoo in the summer. Go see the show. There's right. tramp wall. Yeah, they're is animals. It, is it just tramp wall? I saw some photos and stuff. Yeah, so it's just a stage with a trampoline and like a little six foot wall. It's a three person show. Uh, they're like twelve minutes long. It's it's pretty mellow. It was fun though, and I had never performed trampoline or tramp wall. Like I did one year performing for the Pistons. I did acro dunking. Yeah. But I had never done trampoline or tramp wall, so I, mellow was fine with me. I got to practice being on stage. Yeah. What animal were you? Oh, it was Christmas. We were all elves. Oh, that's right. I was elf Summer's number. Summer's coming up. You didn't do that one. I was elf oh, number two. Man. I was primarily elf two. Sometimes, elf three. Whoa. Have you done the zoo? No, but. It's on the list for this summer. <laughs> it's fun. It's good people. It's I know. Yeah. That's dope. Any mm-hmm. excuse to be in San Diego. 
Yeah, San Diego is like the greatest place to live, I think, other than like the extreme cost and everything. But like San Diego is so nice. It's my favorite city in the United States. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely put it up there as one of my favorite ones too. Like Orange County, the area too, that whole area is pretty nice. I would say Orange County and down from California is pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. Up from that is a little hectic. Mm -hmm. That's fair. I grew up there, so I'm just kind of like, I don't know. Every time I go there, I'm like, where exactly? Where did I grow up? Yeah. Arcadia, which is uh, a little bit east, north of uh, Los Angeles. Okay. About like 20 minutes away from downtown LA. But, okay. And what contracts do you guys have coming up? Mitch, you have something, right? Yeah, I do. I was just looking at Dylan's face when you asked that question. Um, Wait, what? <laughs> what did I do? You'll, yeah, you'll take a quick you, break for this. Uh, please hold for our not new sponsor. Amsterdam raspberry shots. That I were totally thought over. that we were going to open the podcast with this. This shot has been brought to you by NordVPN. Get out of here. NordVPN. It's it's a I'm so glad you you asked. Aren't you tired of companies tracking your every movement online? Well, with NordVPN, you can have a virtual private network that will disguise your location so your IP address looks like it's from anywhere you want it to be. This is not actually a sponsored ad. A real sponsored ad. A real sponsored ad is from Raid Shadow Legends. Did you guys actually do it? Should we do this now? I already took it. What are you guys doing? But maybe we Sorry should throw in an language. ad. If you guys haven't yet bought some off-axis athletics shoes, got lots of new models out. Got the skate shoes. Use discount code off-axis Tanner for thirty percent off. Get yourself some ninja shoes. Anyway, discount code off-axis Dylan also for thirty percent off. You, you Cannot, combine <laughs> <laughs> Cannot combine offers. Cannot combine. Just gotta pay the bills, non-transferable, guys. non-refundable. These lights are expensive. Don't listen to me. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyways, so do you guys have shows coming up? I do. Are you allowed to talk about it or no? Yeah, I already signed and everything. So I'm just doing all wheels. Yep, doing all wheels at Cedar Point this summer. Congratulations. My old stomping ground. Yep, I'll be on the floor. Is it seven days a week again? Yes. Hey, bro, you've been (laughs) saying that you want to get shredded. Oh, I know. Like, I just. You're gonna. You know how Luke how Luke Shutt put it is like it's gonna be Groundhog's Day like, but you know, it's work. I get in with a new company like hopefully it, it'll be a, good. Yeah. I'll, I'll use the time to develop some other stuff. I'll be good to go. Yeah. I hope they have new music from last year. <laughs> yeah, the song was great. I love performing. But it played with on repeat. Really fun to work with. The production is super professional. Really oh, yeah. great. I did that show for like eight years. Mm-hmm. Never had a bad experience in my. One contract with All Wheel Sports. There you go. That's a hundred. <laughs> nice. Hey, that's a hundred percent. You did which one? Uh, Acro Flight in 2016 America, right? at California's Great America. Excuse me, I'm so sorry. <laughs> in San Jose. Yeah, California. they they've been around since like the early 90s too. So it's not a new company. A lot of people here always and like, is that a new company? No, they've been no. around. They had Tony Hawk. They had yeah. Matt Hoffman. I was going to ask him if he knew. I was like, do you know who was in the first all-wheel sports oh, show? Yeah. Yeah, they the, had o- the, leg- the OGs. Yeah, it started off as just like a rollerblading, what? Uh, roller skating show. And then it's slowly, that's why it's called All Wheels Extreme. And then it's slowly progressed into more and more. Mm. And They went down the cheer path for a minute there. And then she was like, mm, maybe we'll just keep the tumbling, but not the cheer. Yeah, mm. we had cheerleaders in our show a couple Damn. of years at Knott's Berry Farm. Yeah, they were yeah. great. Um, it was, she's tried like just about anything. We had a skateboarding dog at one point. (laughs) Like I was, I was part of her experience experiment (laughs) of like 
more traditional circus acts. Um, so I had the great fortune of working with many very talented circus artists on my first performance contract ever. I didn't even think about my toe point then. I've never thought about my toe point. Yeah, you didn't work with Cassie Cutler and Stephen Brine. That's fair. They will shame you for your lack of toe point. I will shame but it made them me better. toe pointing. And they're proud of me now, <laughs> and I appreciate that. I just covered up Have with skater Have you been, uh, didn't you mention that you were, like, actually doing <laughs> ballet to improve, like, aesthetics and your acrobatics? Oh, this is interesting. Let's start this. Yes. Ballet, huh? Talk um, to, talk I to actually, me. okay, so I, when I was in, okay, first things first, I always wanted to dance. My original inspiration for movement, performance, and acrobatics was actually dance. I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't talk about it often. But uh, this all makes so much sense. Yeah, right? Um, and my freshman year of high school, I joined the diving team. Mm -hmm. And one of the divers also did ballet. And he was like, he was hmm. jacked. He was strong. He was an incredible diver. And he was like, yeah, ballet. I was like, what? I want to try that. And then fast forward to I'm in Volta 15 years later. And the dancers in the show have like a little ballet class that they do for themselves where they go over the basics and they run through stuff like basic ballet is basically conditioning mobility and flexibility mm. with balance and just all of this amazing stuff all in one with rhythm, with rhythm and set to music right. and, and so many things. Right. And I was like, Hey, can I, can I try? They're like, yeah. And so I'm just like stumbling along. But every time I did it, like I would go on the trampoline that day and I'd be like, oh my goodness, I'm so grounded. I'm so centered. My like lines are clean. I'm warmed up and I'm flexible. And I like started to get stronger in a way that like weightlifting didn't do for me. Yeah. Right. So highly recommend everyone try like a beginner ballet or bar class. But I, I took the beginner class like one to three times a week for about a year. And so if you want to be one of the best trampolers in the world, you got to start taking some ballet. You, uh, well, you, well, you also have to do like hours of trampoline every day for right. years. Well, but, yeah, I, but Dylan, also do Dylan, ballet. Dylan. It's not going to hurt you. Dylan. I thought I could just do some ballet and learn triple twisting <laughs> swans. Right. Hey, so no. you mentioned something, uh, you said, you mentioned weightlifting and I know that you really enjoy lifting and it's a huge part of you. Like, your lifestyle and conditioning regimen, but um, you said something once that's really interesting to me. If you had to choose to only do ballet or only lift weights for the rest of your career, which one would you choose? Ballet. Why? What is the advantage? What's the advantages? Like, what what can ballet give you that lifting can't? That you think is valuable? I'm a huge lift weightlifting fan. I do it every day, twice mm -hmm. a day, usually. Oh, yeah. So let's hear this. I love yeah, it. Exactly. I love it. I'm a huge fan of strength and conditioning. I think I'm just like addicted to the idea of like looking better. And every True. time you leave the gym, your whole body feels really good. Your muscles True. are pumping. Ballet. Correct. You feel yeah. like warmed up. Ballet. Like it's always been my, uh, my every single day that I do shows, like any contract ever, I always go to the gym before and just mm. do like a light mm. workout for every single muscle. Don't do like leg day where obviously you're going to be like, so you want to say ballet? ballet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Everything like, that you're describing, ballet will do. Like, 
Because I, I see Tanner's I because I know pump. this. Well, I want to know. I want to hear Dylan's now because, like, I, I know what you're talking about. Like, I also mm-hmm. like that part about lifting. too. But this is foreign. So, like, tell me. What's, like, what can ballet do for you that lifting can't? So, don't get it twisted. Okay. I love the pump. <laughs> I bought Arnold Schwarzenegger's Encyclopedia of Modern Bodybuilding back in, like, 2012. Like, I love lifting weights. I love getting stronger. I love trying to get huge. It's I like very how you talk for me. to the camera too. You're the only person that's ever well, looked into the eyes yeah. of the audience and talked to them. Um, like, hey, I'm talking to you guys. I'm practicing for my podcast. The only uh, problem is you got a uh, something covering your eyes. So no, 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 they can see me. They can Sh- see. Yeah. I can see them. They can see me. It's called All a right. shadow, but whatever. So <laughs> that's yeah. Thank you for that. One of the main drawbacks with weightlifting is that it's way too easy for you to get attached to a certain number with a lift or a certain metric of performance. And when your like ego gets in the way like that, you might not be doing what is best for you. But so like you'll sacrifice a little bit of perfect form to get that extra 10 pounds. If even what was best for you that day was to take a deload, lighten up the weight and just feel good and like do what is good for your body. In ballet, the emphasis on posture is incredible. Like ballet dancers, I've noticed because I I watch bodies mm-hmm. and I study physiques and I've been doing it because I'm a big fan of bodybuilding, like the art and the sport for a decade now. Ballet dancers have incredibly developed lower traps and rhomboids. Their posture is fantastic. Like Yo, Tanner, posture check really quick. It fucking... Yeah, you're welcome. It works and it warms up. It really uses your whole body. Like it just, it's so hard to explain. If you just, if you just haven't tried it, it's so well, it's so well-rounded. Can you conduct a ballet class and we can like get a gigantic group of trampolers out here to do a ballet class? That would make my fucking I can have my friend Amanda Soma do it. Oh, that's a very good idea. I'm not qualified to teach a class yet. But she definitely is. But she would be ecstatic to do it. We could do a whole YouTube video about it. We could do it in my house. Acrobats doing tramp or doing ballet. Uh, We should probably go to a studio. I want to see a mirror. I want to see Marley do it. Yes, let's do it. Oh, he'll kill it, bro. Oh, I like I know it's not a doubt. Yeah. I want to see it, and it's just I, like I would pay money to see Marley do it. Marley, who else? Elijah would be great to watch. Julian, ooh, Julian, actually, Julian ooh. would actually be probably good. Yes, that like, hyper, he would actually just be good. Okay. mobility. I'm gonna reel it back in because I remembered what I actually wanted to say about why, if I could only do one thing for the rest of my life, it would be ballet. Okay, it's because of the the holistic emphasis, the posture focus and the nuances within it. Obviously there's nuance within weightlifting, but the the culture doesn't necessarily promote like paying attention to which finger is gripping the bar more than the others. But within ballet, like every detail matters and hmm. having that nuance and having that softness and gaining that awareness of your body. I see long-term when I'm 80 years old, I can still do that and it not harm me, but if I'm attached to deadlifting 600 pounds, which I never have done, by the way, 
then maybe that's not the best thing for me to be doing when I'm 85. Cause I'm like, I want to yeah. be like I was, but I could totally be 85 years old and have a beautiful toe point, have amazing lines, move through the floor softly and be in touch with my body and keep my mobility and everything intact and excellent. And I think ballet is a good way to do it. Yeah. So I, I, I agree with you. I do think there is a way of doing weightlifting, like for longevity. Like that's personally what I do. I don't lift to get bigger anymore. I was 25 pounds bigger at one point. I was like 185. Bro, me too. Now I'm like 60 and I enjoy just being natural and like lifting. <laughs> what do you mean being natural? Are you saying that you were on gear? I've definitely taken testosterone before. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Nice. I mean, I, I think I've talked about this before, but I, I didn't yeah, know. I don't think I, I didn't know. No judgment. Um, I've done like, like boosters. I've never taken like, like the needles or any of that kind of stuff. Really, I've done no it. like human like, growth like hormone. Actual I can't TRT. Say I've never, but I have tried a few times. Mm-hmm. I am not a fan of needles. I mm. ended up uh-huh. buying some. Thought I was going to get into it because I was working at Gold's Gym. Everyone else is doing it. Tried a few Everyone's times, and doing I was it, like, bro. I just nah. I'm not into this. And like yeah. I gave away like two hundred dollars worth of TRT to like my friend for free. Can I be can I be a little vulgar? Sure. To be honest, my package isn't big enough to sacrifice that. <laughs> like I've, I did not know where I, that was going. I, like I've heard stories. It's like I want big muscles, but not that bad. Yeah. You know, like I'll see what I can do. But just go to, to Tijuana, but get some HGA. On a real note, the like to just mess with your hormones that can destabilize so many systems for so long. And for me, it's just like, it's not been worth it. There's nothing that I will gain from that to warrant me just like gambling with my hormones and my health in that way. Yeah. But what if you did ballet and steroids? (laughs) Think about it, bro. My adductors would be so big. Yeah. Dude, my leg. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. One of the, one of the ego reasons that I wanted to do more ballet is because of Joey Arrigo. He was... He was Waz, the okay. main character of Volta. He was a dancer. He has ballet training. He's very modern. He's incredible. Mm. I and hundreds of thousands of other people love to watch him move. Also, his legs look like the most aesthetic sculpted bodybuilder legs ever. And like he does some like cross conditioning and stuff, but I'm pretty sure he had those legs from dancing before he got into like weightlifting and stuff. Probably. They're phenomenal. <laughs> I just want quads like Joey. Okay. Dylan's, that's Dylan's that's, that's, that's the real reason. Everything I said earlier about ballet, it's bullshit. I just want quads like Joey. So I'm going to do ballet. Big legs guy over here, huh? I, I, I never just, thought of ballet as having big legs. Bro, you need to look it's closer true. at ballerinas and ballerinos shredded and just yeah shouts out to jimmy for the ballerino term i worked with this guy uh back in michigan who was like a competitive ballet dancer through college like very artistic family when he quit dancing he lost 25 pounds of muscle yeah bro dancers go hard yeah it was not especially like yeah at that level running and jumping and yep dipping and lunging and squatting and Humping? I'm sorry. It was the only thing that rhymed. <laughs> it wasn't explicit rhyming. It was on the internal rhyming scheme. Look it up. It's a thing. I just love how important it was to you to rhyme. 
It's a gift. What rhymes and with a curse? That doesn't rhyme, Dylan. It wasn't. It wasn't supposed to rhyme. I don't have to rhyme all of the time, but damn it, I just did it again, and it kind of feels pretty sublime. You should have said it feels fine, but it's okay. No, because I'm is better than I'm. Dill Hawks. Seven out of holla ten. Holla at me. Seven out of ten. What are you guys doing out? I'm sorry. I'm just gonna. No, perfect. Get more no, perfect. Please. Yeah, no. <laughs> Reel sorry, us in. Reel us in. Just come in right now. Distract us from ourselves. I um, totally didn't even notice. What are you guys uh, doing outside of Trampwall and performing right now? Because kind of like the whole point of this podcast is kind of like give acrobats ideas on things they can do outside of just mm-hmm. performing. Because I think obviously acrobatics is kind of a dead end job. You don't really get like any financial security out of it long term. And looking for other things that can kind of uh, just flow with your life are like great. Like for me, like obviously YouTube and like mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. businesses and stuff. I've found many different ways in it. What are you guys doing outside of acrobatics to make some money? Um, so I'm coaching a little bit right now. Coaching some tramp wall just to get by. But mostly, uh, I'm my big thing is I'm learning how to fly. I'm learning how to fly FPV drones. It's been something I've been like super into for a while. So I've had this, I've got the simulator when I was on contract in San Diego and like putting some hours between shows doing that. And then using the money I'm saving up the spring to get a set up into the summer. And then I'm going to fly when I'm at all wheels and hopefully come out of those two months with a good amount of flight hours and just looking to do more of that because like I have the, I have the editing side. I have the production side from going to school. Like I, I can do that. If I add in like this niche skill, I'm trying to like round it, round it out a little bit more like that. You know? Yeah. That's probably the main thing that I'm uh, working on outside of, outside of training. I think of uh, drone flying as kind of like extreme sports. Cause it's gives me the same exact anxiety that I would have <laughs> if I was going to go like do a crazy backflip over a box jump or something. Hell yeah. But the opposite like kind of feeling I'm like sitting there I'm like that's fucking a thousand dollars floating around in the air right now <laughs> but not your <laughs> life it's not my life but it's a thousand dollars and when a drone crashes your heart drops like I have this mm-hmm. crazy story I was filming I was does your the, heart not drop when you crash yeah I mean it definitely does okay I just wanted to be but, clear for the audience but your wallet doesn't drop as much yeah uh, uh unless you have to get surgery yeah so check this out I was flying in the Rotana. Shout out Julian for telling me to go on the road to Hana. It was like a life-changing experience in Hawaii. Mm. But anyway, so I wanted to make this crazy uh, drone video of the whole thing because it's super scenic. And I was flying over these, like, because Hawaii is basically a bunch of volcanoes and stuff. And I was getting this cool shot going over the over the volcano and, like, over towards the ocean and everything. And all of a sudden, I was like, all right, cool. I got this shot. I need to move way over here. And, like, you're kind of trying to save battery. So I put it in sport mode and tried to zoom way over to, like, the other side. And as I like, I put in sport mode, I like dip, I'm going like super fast and all of a sudden my screen goes black and I'm like, that's weird. And I look up and I just see my drone just tumbling in the air. I see the battery from the drone tumbling next to it. <gasps> all I can think is like, oh my God, there goes a thousand dollars. And it dropped like half a mile from me <laughs> down the road. It happened to land not in the volcano or anything. And I'm like searching for it everywhere. And I find my drone literally sitting in a pile of sand, which meant it was perfectly fine. Oh. And the battery is just sitting right next to it. <laughs> and I was like, dude, all around it, it, it didn't even, like, the chances that it landed near the road was preposterous. And 
and in a pile of sand. In a pile of sand. And with the battery. Like how close? Like like within a foot from it? No, the battery wasn't that close. The battery we had to look for for a while. And actually the battery was broken. But... Okay, but still, the drone you got the drone. Pr- it was fine, except for, like, one propeller. How much is, like, a battery? Uh, 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 for my drone, like it was, like... It's, bucks, isn't it? No. No. The intelligent ones? Maybe. What drone was this? It's a Spark. Oh, yeah, the Spark. Not yeah, I wasn't going to take my good drone. Is Spark the there. brand or the model? It's a DJI Spark. It's, oh. like, the smallest, it's oh, like okay, the smallest okay, okay, good okay, okay, drone, but yeah. it was good, like, five years ago. It's probably not very good now, because it only shoots in 1080. It's not even 4K. <laughs> Get wrecked. Dude, people's phones do like 8K now. I actually. Wait, what phone? My old phone could shoot in like 8K, 24 frames. What was your old phone? I had a S- Samsung Galaxy like S20 Plus. It, totally unnecessary. Like you didn't need it for anything. Well, except unless you're trying to just shoot a whole scene and then punch in four times to make a wide angle a vertical for TikTok and you're filming a Yeah, I'd still use an iPhone, honey. It just looks so much better. Wait, really? Yep. And you can only shoot Is it because is it because of the is it because of the like the software things that they have? I was watching a YouTube video about this that like the camera itself isn't necessarily groundbreaking and like earth shattering, but how they optimize the camera with the software is what actually like gives iPhones its like they do in camera HDR, yeah. What is HDR? High definition resolution. High, what high dynamic range. Okay. <laughs> I was actually guessing. I was oh, nice. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. I actually knew that it's high dynamic range, but I I I like kind of understand it, but I don't I understand it enough to explain so let's take, to someone else. Let's do it like in the idea of photography because it's a lot easier. So okay, H- HDR is essentially taking three photos, three photos at three different exposure levels, like one bright, one normal, and one kind of dark, and then taking the most detailed parts of those and just putting them together. So you get detail through the entire range of light. What is exposure level? How uh, exposed a photo is, how exposed a photo is, yeah, is it's like, like fake brightness, you know, like when you're like, oh man, I don't want to get into the details of cameras, but it's I like, know. it's like taking a black photo film, and making it wider and wider, but there's going to be more grays so in if it. We, like if it's, you ever take a picture and it's just like total, it's blown out. out. There's too much light. That's, that's it's overexposed. Overexposed. And it's, okay. if it's underexposed, it's too dark. It didn't get enough light. A proper exposure okay. means it was, there was just the right amount of light. So for me and for the audience. Uh, exposure comes from the term because you actually used to have to expose physical film to light, and well, you still the shutter speed determined the level of exposure. So if it, it can, was open it for determ- too long, yeah. then too much light got in. That's one thing that affects it. Yeah. Wow. There's three settings that go, affect can exposure. Can we go down this rabbit hole about the like what affects exposure? I'm curious. I bet some people are. And we have like a guy who graduated film school here. Sure, we can. Real quick. Yeah. We can Just real, real, real quick. Tech nerd out. Okay, so like three basic, three basic settings affect exposure. We'll just like go the digital camera because that's what people are using anyways. You have shutter speed, you have aperture, and you have ISO. Can I mess with those on this? Um, I don't Maybe know by DSLR. default. Yeah, like I'm just okay. like that's why I said just camera. Okay. Like, like literally, shutter like, speed, aperture. ISO. 
ISO. So oh, like basically ISO. the the basic way that a camera works has barely changed um since it was created. The technology has changed a lot. So like let me give you the basic rundown. Shutter mm-hmm. speed is how long you let light hit the sensor. You know, so like it's covered. Yep, it ex- exposes light to it, it shuts it. So like 1 125th is a shutter speed. That's how long it's open. That's how long it's open letting light in and closes again. Uh, 25th of a second. 1 125th of a second. And then so like What? That's Yeah, that's slow. Like most most uh, mirrorless DLR, DSLRs can shoot at like mine shoots so at like 1 like, 6000. That's a millisecond. Yeah. Wow. That's what shutter speed is. So like your phone does that too. Um, So that's one thing that affects it. Aperture is literally how big the hole is in the lens that lets light through. So adjusting that not only adjusts light, but something called depth of field. And it's basically how much of your picture is in focus. Have you ever put your, Dylan, put your thumb in front of your eye. Okay. Focus on your thumb. See how the background goes blurry. It's too close to focus on it. Oh, okay. I can do it. See how the background now without moving your thumb, focus on the background. Your your thumb should get blurry. Yep. And now there's two of them. Yeah. That's but that's depth of field. But if I field. do it with one eye, it doesn't matter. Because that's depth of field. Like how much of your image is in focus? The camera is modeled after the human eye. And aperture determines depth of focus. The yes, the the more oh, open it is, because your pupil goes bigger and smaller when you change the where you're focusing. Yeah, the camera is modeled after the human eye. Yeah. Basically. Science. Okay. All right. So I'm now that we've lost half of our hole. audience on camera. Yeah, I know. Stuff, <laughs> let's go to how fun was it living in those houses uh, where you guys were just doing social media and stuff? Would you do it again? And hold on. I have to have a meeting with my uh, cohort. Okay. So for those who are just listening, they're uh, yeah. creating some <laughs> sort of plan or I don't know what they're doing. Okay, we are prepared to answer your questions. Dylan is a lightweight. He's wasted after that one little vodka shot we took. <laughs> Nerd. You think this is because of Nerd. their alcohol? I yes. don't know, dude. I can see your mustache like poking up. Like <laughs> you, you think the more I drink, the more... Oh, my God, that would be amazing. I want that superpower. The more I drink, the more that my mustache, mustache curls. curls. That'd be incredible. Imagine if you could curl and uncurl your mustache like a muscle yeah like a muscle <laughs> like a cat can like fuck with their tail or like yeah but just the hair dylan okay now that we've lost three quarters of our audience how was it living in the social media house and would you do it again first question's easy second question's really hard um overall that's, that's, I, re- I regard it as like an extremely positive experience i i learned a lot i'm in a way better place than i would have been i had some amazing times um, so many amazing yeah, times. Like, Dude, even your first night, I wish that we had these clips just I handy do somewhere. to show you. Um, They're somewhere. Yeah. They're somewhere. The first night that I came to Joshua Tree, I got picked up from the airport by Luke and Amanda and showed up pretty late. And I showed what were people? It was like, I showed up to the middle of just some random dance party at the house, basically. And Yeah, but I'm pretty sure we weren't like really... No, we weren't like really in it. It was like you weren't you, intoxicated. You, you were just having a good time. Yeah, you showed up. I got this like huge wave of energy, like the minute you walked in the door, and then like we were like kind of hanging out, and then all of a sudden it was just like full on like dance party. Like from slap then on. happy. Like we weren't like doing a crazy dance party 
before you got there. Like it like happened as you arrived. Yeah. And then you like whipped out your camera. There's videos of Jake Hinga doing crazy stuff. There was more male strip teases than there were female by a lot. Like wearing women's clothes, like hair in pigtails. Like we just went crazy. Yeah, we know how to party. (laughs) Only half of the people were even drinking alcohol at that time. Like Jake had made a personal commitment to not have any alcohol until they got a contract Mm -hmm. for money. Basically, like it was uh, it was pretty magic. It was pretty Anyways, magic. Yeah, like, that was I, just, but that was the first night. The sense of community was was really really strong, especially in the beginning. Yeah, it looked really fun. Josh I kind of wish I like came down at some point. It we you should have, but hey. I count myself fully blessed because my experience of COVID and the pandemic and quarantining was living in a house with ten people, yeah. living in three different houses with ten people plus, with the doing tr- tramp wall, making silly skits with my friends, hanging out, working out spending just time in nature like getting to see sunrises and sunsets again and not being alone and Mm -hmm. i realized that so many people they like if they could go to work they went to work they went home they watched movies and they did nothing else or they worked remotely from home alone and i had a family the entire time yeah and we were like an actual tribe we were just like yeah. self-contained and we kept saying the word that kept going around is like bro like if, there's almost not a way to but like we would look at everything going on and feel like we were just winning like yeah. not even not even because like we, not we like weren't even winning over money. anyone else no 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 we weren't <laughs> i like mean some making, people made money not in joshua tree bro it was like the very beginning of all of this it yeah, was like no. but we were just we were living no, but that's what I mean. Like we were yeah. winning because we just like we got to do something unique and be with people we cared about and like the volatility, you know, excitement comes with volatility, right? We had no idea what was going to happen literally week to week. We were supposed to we booked the Airbnb for 2 weeks. True. 2 weeks became 2 months. And then 2 months, two months became 2 years. <laughs> Damn near. <laughs> Legend became myth and myth was soon forgotten. Mm-hmm. And then there were very few who remembered the ring. I will say it was really interesting for me going in and like that was my first real exposure to tramp wall was like in that type of environment. Um, and it was and that's the yeah, exactly. It's the case for a lot of people now. Like when I was working at, let's say, Woodward, like, you know, kids are trying tramp wall like, hey, like we're, you know, where have you seen this? And like, oh, I see this all over like TikTok. And so like it's it worked in that way. Like it really spread it. But it was interesting to come into it in that way and then leave the house and then go train for fun and then come back around and then experience it in this new way which is more just independent of yeah yeah more on the performance side of things and on like just the raw training side yeah it's actually been really good Um, long story short living in the house the the social media houses was a good experience yeah Uh, I, i journaled that forever ago would you do it again hmm like in the sit like you okay hand when you say do it again do you mean relive it again or no move another one do another social media house for however long under whatever conditions depending on what i live in one yes because now i'm a lot you know i've learned a lot since then um would i participate in one i have no interest in doing social media as a profession like in the industry 
So you would live in a house with people doing social media and the house's purpose being social media, yes. but you wouldn't... I would not tie my income to it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. My livelihood would be separate. Mm-hmm. And then because, dude, like social media influencers, for the most part that I've seen, are highly creative individuals. They're just always making stuff. That's fun. I like that. Um, yeah. So I would do that side of things. But like I said, if I didn't have to, if I don't have to tie my income to it, it means that I can create more freely. Mm. and just have fun with it and that i would 100 percent do like living in a house of creatives is really is really a good time yeah okay yeah i agree um i wish there was more creatives living here because we kind of had the same Mm. sort of vibe we moved in here like 25 days or so right before the pandemic started but it was like me my ex-fiance mason who's creative not social media creative um my brother and some other there's been some like revolving roommates but it was a good time here for sure mm-hmm. but i just remember like the when the whole pandemic hit like people didn't want to come over mm-hmm. like people mm-hmm. were mad at me for holding training sessions um oh for, yeah that's a huge thing that's ooh. why that's why we had the airbnb that's why we booked the airbnb in, in the Joshua desert Tree. near you know, nobody i was gonna go over to one of the houses and then you guys all had COVID or something or someone had COVID. and they're like never mind don't come because yeah i didn't even know when that was yeah uh, I think it was, that would have had to have been oh, fallbrook that was fallbrook it, it was fallbrook yeah that was crazy. <laughs> I had already left the house that. at that time i hate to do this but i really have to use the bathroom so i'm gonna dip out yeah um, I mean, we only got like 10 minutes left, I'll but, be back. um, and so yeah, for us, like it was same kind of family vibe and stuff. I mean, personally, I was the only guy really doing like the social media stuff. I kind of right. have to for the footwear company, but no, it's, it's, it's me, almost, it's, it's marketing. Yeah, yeah. YouTube was everything. Cause I already was making money off of YouTube, True, but yeah. I was like, obviously all my shit, I've had the three businesses, the shows, the shoes and the YouTube channel for a while. Mm. And then, like, the shows, which was, like, my bread and butter, where I was supposed to make more money than I've ever seen in my entire life in 2020, all disappeared. And I was like, oh, damn. Like, put all my eggs in one basket, and now I'm, like, stuck with the YouTube. I was making, like, 300 bucks a month or so. So I really, like, nailed down the YouTube and the shoe, the shoe companies. I mean, it's kind of a headache, but it's a right. it's a fun business to be in. So you pivoted, basically. I had to pivot, right. you know? I was like, I had also, like, for people who are listening, when you book shows and stuff, you have to put, like, I have to build sets. I have to paint stuff. I have to get insurance for the performers, and all that stuff is not refundable. Mm. And when you have 25 shows that you <clears throat> thought you were going to be doing, you put in like I think I I lost about eight thousand dollars just just poofed out of thin air and then all of a sudden I'm stuck with like uh oh maybe I could get unemployment <laughs> I don't know <laughs> that was like my savior honestly because I was like ten thousand dollars in debt from like all those shows and I was expecting because mm-hmm. COVID basically canceled all of our shows about eight days before the first one oh god and it was like uh oh here we go. And I had already basically given up on the shoe company at that point. Interesting. Like, because the first the first experience with the shoes was, like, shoes didn't come out as good as I thought they were supposed to. The mm. soles weren't sewn to the shoes. Mm. They kind of fell apart. They weren't as good as it possibly was. And, like, obviously, shoes are a ton of money. So mm-hmm. I had spent, like, every dollar I had basically trying to get this shoe company going, and it didn't really go at first. But... 
I kind of realized, oh, okay, maybe the tramp wall community, which I thought we were just going to make tramp wall shoes. I thought, okay, maybe, I guess in, in hindsight, it was not big enough to make a shoe. Like Correct. we sold like a hundred pairs of shoes right off the bat to tramp wallers. And then we stopped selling them. That was all of the yeah. tramp wallers in the <laughs> yeah, world. We sold <laughs> yeah. one shoe. To, yeah. <laughs> well, in my head, I was like, well, just the tramp wall group on Facebook has a, uh, what is it called? Tramp wall world. Yeah. Tramp yeah. world has a thousand people. I'm like, well, we're making a thousand shoes. Maybe everyone will buy one. Yeah. No, but I still got almost like every show of those pairs of shoes. provides shoes. That was my other thought. People. You know, Hoya was the only one who bought show or shoes from us. Actually, it was the only show. Yeah. And uh, I forget. Well, who... did you did you know that Cirque had a deal with Asics? No. Yeah, they had like a there. There's there's custom mm. there's specific custom Asics that you can only get. Yeah, by the brown doing the a tan ones. Shoe. Yeah. yeah. But even beyond that, like they all of the other shoes, even if they weren't those custom ones. It was like one of the main acrobatic shoes that they get. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, now I'm trying to do the whole entire thing over again with scootering because I think scootering obviously is much more for me. I don't think people think of me as a tramp ball guy. I think of me as a scooter rider. And like we're kind of that's what we're making shoes for now mm. is the scootering. But they are still acrobatic shoes. So for mm -hmm. those of you who want to jump off stair sets, these are probably not the shoes for you. Mm -hmm. But have yeah. you thought about making a parkour specific shoe? I have. But the problem is I don't do parkour i'm not in the parkour community it's not ideal for me there's also other parkour shoes out there and for me i don't know if you guys have heard of the book uh, blue ocean strategy mm -mm. but so blue ocean strategy is basically like there's a blue ocean and the red ocean the red ocean is all these businesses competing to make small profits on products and there's so many competitors all in one group but if you can swim your boat over to the blue ocean where no one else is for me that was trample at first no one's making mm -hmm. acrobatic shoes mm -hmm. and now it's also scootering there's no scooter shoes out there right now mm -hmm. if i was to jump into parkour i'm competing with allo and a tempest and like other groups who actually like mm -hmm. specialize like in that kind of strikes stuff. and i think so apk also has their own shoe in like off axis i really think of as a like i want to support the sports that don't get support you know mm -hmm. we don't have sponsorships and stuff and tramp wall we don't really in scootering as well mm -hmm. so i want to like support the sports that don't get the shine that they should be getting that's my Dope. opinion but yeah, yeah that's kind of like blue ocean strategy in a nutshell that sounds so that's like why i would avoid like people are like oh you can hire these skateboarders and get them sponsored and all this stuff and i'm like dude Skateboarders not trying to compete with bands and like Osiris <laughs> and DC. stuff. And like, I'm like, I'm staying away from that. Scooter riders don't get the love though. So we're going yeah. with scootering and right. you know, everyone was wearing wrestling shoes. I'm like all the money that the acrobats spend goes to the wrestling industry. And mm -hmm. we don't see a dime of that on the back end, you know, mm -hmm. at least if you support like off axis and stuff, we're paying money to acrobats. People are getting signature shoes and people mm -hmm. are, we're having events and that kind of stuff, you know? So mm. you kind of see like when that's like, I don't know. I personally always think of where my money goes. Like I try to not buy shit off Amazon. I try mm. to not go to McDonald's and fast food chains. Like when I'm driving across the country, I look and pick out like little local restaurants that I can like help yeah. support them because those are the people that need it rather than big corporations and stuff. And I think a lot of people complain about how much money like big corporations have, but they don't realize when they go They're on Amazon. Them. Yeah, exactly. You're feeding them. And it's like people get mad at capitalists and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, but did you get Starbucks today? 
are using yeah. an iPhone. Well, mm-hmm. Con- convenience trumps all. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, when you were talking about not trying to compete with these big companies and everything and like supporting people who don't get support, it reminded me that I never answered your question of what are we doing outside of acrobatics to support that. And if I can plug real quick. Segway. Uh-oh. Sponsor. Dylan is sponsored by Trampwall. No. <laughs> so my roommate Marley and our friend Mo, they started designing these like t-shirts and logos and everything and like translating them into Trampwall. And it birthed this idea of Trampwall Academy. And it's basically everything Trampwall for the Trampwall community and for artists, as well as like they're making these t-shirts and they're printing them, cutting the vinyl by hand, pressing them by hand and making these t-shirts by their own like artistic design and everything. And it's just like, it's another avenue of income to support artists and also to support the Trampol Academy. And like, that's something right now that I'm super stoked on. Well, you said you said everything for Trampol artists, and then you talked about the merch. So, what else are you guys going to be doing? What's the what's in the works? What's the plan? Is there a business model or business name or anything um, yet? More like, what do you want? What do you want to do? The the name right now is Trampol Academy, but for me personally, what I want to like con- contribute to this, like Trampol Academy, is really it's like Marley's baby. So I don't want to like speak for him, but. Having coaching, you're marketing having for resources. Come on. Yeah, so like, if you're a trampoler out there listening, yeah, but I'm not Marley, like I'm not. Know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Support Marley. If you're gonna buy a um, t-shirt, if you want to know Marley, like where there's a trampol near you, like on the Trampol Academy page, we want to put a link to the list on Google Maps of every trampol in the world. You want to make a database? Like, if you, yeah. it, it already exists. It's a, like it's a Google Maps like list. Um, so we're just gonna share that. And sweet, wait, connecting people with just coaches, don't put my address on there. connecting <laughs> people with information. Um, are you sure it's not already on there? <laughs> no, I'm not sure. That's <laughs> all right. Well, then you should go. You should go to, to Trampwall World and look for the Google Maps link Trampwall around the world, and see if it is or is not there. Cool. Most of it is. I don't like, really care it's like much if Trampwallers show up at my house randomly. It's gyms. But I've had some random people that watch my YouTube channel show up at our house. Ooh. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Don't show up to Tanner's house. I've got guns. Don't show up here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and cameras. Yeah. Hey, I have a question for you. Um, you're talking about like big companies and you're talking about not really being interested in com- uh, competing in the skate industry. And that just like, you know, made me think with the progression of action sports recently and the addition of, you know, slope style into winter Olympics and skating into the summer Olympics. Uh, do you think that scootering will make it to the Olympics or would I you want so. it to? I th- I, I'd give it about another eight years before it does okay. i think it i think it does i think it'd be great for it too okay i also think that um action sports they progress so fast that it gets so insanely dangerous and i kind of worry about these kinds of things because okay. um for one there's no like i am an isa judge which means i like judge the biggest scooter contests and mm. stuff and <clears throat> there's not really like a specific format so it kind sometimes it can turn especially for the kids who are inexperienced, it turns into a huck fest. Yeah. And you see kids get really hurt in these kinds of competitions and stuff. Yeah. So it, I think it will. 
But I also think there's like we're getting to this cap point at action sports where it is getting so insanely dangerous that I don't know how much further mm-hmm. I want to see it go. You know, like we've already done mm-hmm. quadruple backflips and stuff. Mm-hmm. What else? Like, do I really want to see someone trying a quadruple backflip in a competition? Not really. Mm-hmm. Maybe a transition more towards style. That's happened a little bit in skiing. Yeah. Not so much we on the do competition have style. Level. So when we judge right, competitions, right. there's four different categories. There's style. Okay. There's like quantity of tricks. There's use of course, and there's difficulty. And that's how we break down the trampol contests as mm-hmm. well. So it's like style is like how unique are you? Do all of your tricks look the same? Because like if you watch a lot of trampol guys, not like our group and stuff but especially like no offense to the canadians but they all kind of look the same <laughs> and yeah. like well, i mean it's they like, have actual schools there it, exactly True. so they have schools and gymnastics and stuff everyone kind of looks the same so that and just like that's why i didn't like for the last competition i do like kind of stress out about the fact that i have like all these people trying super crazy stuff so i wanted the last competition to not be just a gigantic huck fest so we put use of course as one of the main Mm-hmm. parts of it so mm-hmm. i wanted people to focus on using the course rather than just hucking the craziest possible tricks mm-hmm. anyways yeah. so that's actually like a perfect transition you kind of use some of your action sports backgrounds you know as someone who's done both been really deep in the action sports world and is involved in tramp wall um like i know i myself have noticed some of the parallels um obviously it's not a 100 percent match but i definitely see a lot of the parallels in tramp wall to action sports Mm-hmm. And some of them are not even within the sport. Uh, the community aspect is really interesting. Um, you know, the fact that you can example, like you can hit up random people that do tramp wall and just connect really easily. So, mm-hmm. uh, like example, um, friend Travis that you know of, uh, mm-hmm. it lives in Colorado. Yeah. I got to meet that guy. Yeah. Yeah. you do. So he's just, he's just a pro he's a programmer works from home. Um, really likes tramp wall started later and later in life. Like I think it's like 28, 29 started tramp wall and now he's 34 he's 34 um but has his own setup and i had never met him before and i was living in northern california and i was like hey i am trying to you know pursue performance in tramp wall um i was looking to spend some time in colorado i would love to come out and just bounce with you and he's like yeah do you want to just stay here <laughs> yeah and it is that is sweet yeah and it was amazing and i didn't i didn't stay with him I, you know i hadn't um you know because i have my van and stuff but like but to even have that door open yeah. is incredible. Yeah, That's yeah. one of the things that I love about the parkour. So if you're a tramp baller out there, you can stay at well. Travis's house. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's, I mean, you can ask. Uh, yeah. I'm sh- it seems like a great guy. I'm I definitely going to hand him up. You can ask anything of anyone. Whether they say yes or no, you never know. But Yeah. A lot of people stayed at our house, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did for a minute. So, But anyways, that runs about like what other parallels do you see between tramp wall and action sports i i definitely look at well so from the very beginning because i got into scooter or uh tramp wall in 2016 or 17 Mm. and for me i saw scootering because i was one of the first scooter riders like Mm. i started in 2000 i'm like one of the like original like 20 scooter riders that actually took it seriously Mm. and i saw the same thing of tramp wall and i was like this is going to be big in a few years. It just needs the proper like exposure and like there's already the community and stuff Mm -hmm. and like it needs to be more accessible. And I saw that from 2016 and I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to capitalize on this and like 
try to really do what we did with scootering and take it to trample and really like Mm -hmm. put out. That's why I started doing YouTube videos. I was like, YouTube can help expose this. Mm -hmm. And personally, some people are going to disagree because a lot of people got mad at me for having a trample competition the first time. Right. And yeah, I'm like people felt the same way in the parkour community. Like same thing with scooter. No community is ever oh, gonna be fully on the same page with yeah. anything ever. Yeah. So a lot of people got mad at me. They didn't want Trample to be blown up to the world and mm-hmm. that's kind of already happened in the last few years. But I was too late. In my head I was like, the more people that see Trample, the more people hire Trample, the more job mm-hmm. opportunities there mm-hmm. are. And we were just talking the other day, there's probably only like thirty to forty professional trampolers that actually make a solid living off of Trample. But the more people that know about trampol, the more people that can hire it. Because if True. you don't know what trampol is, in fact, most of our shows come from people looking for a BMX show, and they see trampol on our website, and they're like, "What's this? Let's definitely hire this." Mm-hmm. Because if you don't know what trampol is, you can't like hire. You can't be like, "Yeah, let's mm-hmm. have a trampol act," because yeah. you don't know what it is. Yeah, but right. if you do know what it is, people are going to go and Google it and look for it, and there's more opportunities for more people and more people can make a living off of it right and it's super fun i enjoy doing it and Mm -hmm. other people enjoy doing it so why not be able to possibly make a living off of it yeah for sure as someone who is uh you know very involved in the tricking community yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) literally exact same problems Uh, shout out shout out my bbbs sam lincoln starting a cult out here but you know he's trying to do the same thing he's trying to like just spread tricking as far as he can um, you know, and that's, that's really the mission. It's just awareness. It's like step one before anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's why you ask anyone who doesn't like live under a rock. Hey, you know what skateboarding is <laughs> right? Like you, you know, that answer, but yes, like I do tramp wall or like I do tricking, you know, it's like, I do tramp wall. It's like, Oh, what's that? It's like, Oh, it's a trampoline. And there's like a wall next to it. And they're like, Oh, you mean that? Like, yeah, the thing I see the on Instagram. On yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, time. that's what it's, uh, Oh, you do junk tramp. Right. Yeah. Yep. We're professional junk trampers. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah, definitely taking over that. But as for, for good reason too, junk or uh, JR has put in so much effort and like, Oh yeah, hundred percent. I was so blown away by the effort that he would put into trampol. Like we every day, like that's where I learned trampol basically. And Mm. every time we would go over there, he'd have this crazy contraption set up, like new Mm. walls and like different variations of trampol, multiple Mm. trampols, and like you really. The problem with trampol is it's so expensive to get started. It's like accessibility. Access, yeah. That's I mean, you need those people. To put yeah. up the money that are yep. gonna make the trampol, because unfortunately, not anyone can just start a, a trampol. Like you know, you can't just go and buy a trampol at the store right. or something. It takes a big investment. <laughs> Favorite fun can't f- go to Walmart and get a trampol yet. Right. Favorite fun fact for people who don't know is that Jr. You know who is junk tramp doesn't really do trampol. Like well, no, he does though. Oh, okay, a little, but but like, not do, like to perform. Do you think he would identify as a trampol artist? Not artist. No, but he does trampoller. He can do trampoller. I know, but like, what's his main? What was his main goal with building it? It was not to do trampoller. It was for his son. Well, it was, yeah, it was. No, yeah. exactly. So That's what I'm saying. Like, he's just. Bounce. He's always been. Like yeah, he's just it's always been building and giving and being creative in that way and like that's a super important niche to fill. Look yeah, at I mean, look at skating. There are people in skating who are known for just documenting it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super important. Yeah, totally. Okay, so I gotta before we wrap up, I got a few quick questions for you guys. Mm. If you were to choose a tramp waller in the world, who would you live on an island with? Just you two. That's a very good question. Dylan, I think you were like the favorite in the last podcast that we asked this question to. Yeah, I heard that Luke (laughs) answered me. I was so honored. 
So who would you live on an island with? Let's take Luke out of the question. You can't <laughs> choose Luke because he chose you. Julian Kalari. Okay, Julian. Yeah, Julian would be great to live on an island with because he lived on an island. <laughs> He's, yeah. <laughs> Shouts out to Maui. Yeah, Dylan's got his, uh, I don't know. I feel like Dylan would become one with nature and just start swinging from the trees. It wouldn't take too long. What do you mean become? <laughs> I can see like you and Julian having like these traps set up and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> swinging from the trees. I mean, you got to eat somehow. Doing some ballerina practice. Uh, from a personality level, hmm. I would say from a personality level right now, it's probably... It's between Dylan and Marley. Everyone has picked Marley also. Dylan and Marley. Yeah. It's or like, it's, hey, wait, can I listen to- Not mu- Dylan Broadway? Can I listen- Right, Dylan Vance. Can I listen to uh, music when I'm on the island? No. What? Okay, fine. Ooh. I just said no because you wanted me to say yes. Damn it. <laughs> okay, if I had access to- It's an to- island. You have nothing but a tramp wall and a- Wait, do we have a tramp wall? You have a tramp wall. You have a tramp wall. And Ooh. this one other tramp waller. Oh, I'd like to change my answer. Luke Diesel. Hey. Luke Diesel. For sure. He just like, we could get down with we'd that. Cr- you know, he'd carve some surfboards out of some trees. He'd teach me to do that. It's basically what he just did in Coast. He's doing in Costa Rica right now. He's just surfing and doing tramp wall. It'd be that, but just us. Okay. And next question if you were to get in a bar fight with someone, who do you think has your back the most? And who's, maybe not who has your back the most, but who would you want to get into a bar fight with? You mean who would you want on your side in a bar fight? Who would you want on your side? Is Luke, Luke Shop, Shop back? <laughs> okay, wait. We can't we can't choose Luke because he was the last person I asked these questions to. Damn it. Oh, okay. Second, because otherwise we only have two selections. It's Luke and Dylan and I don't remember who the other person was. <laughs> I feel like Mo would be sneaky. <laughs> Mo. Mo, Mo, yeah. I can see Mo like loading up on bottles behind the bar and just launching. Do you know people. how many kung fu movies Mo has watched? I don't. Too many. Actually, I take that back. Just the right amount. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. I, I would choose Broadway because he's oh, a borderline God. psycho. And that's true. If Dylan gets riled up, you do not want to be in his path of destruction. No. <laughs> like if we're doing like classes, he's a berserker. Yeah. For sure. Dylan would send it. I can respect that answer. Dylan? Yes? I might have to go with Marley on this one. Really? Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. He's a sleeper cell. Yeah? (laughs) Yeah, you think he's the chillest, but you don't know where he's from. You don't know his life. He can handle himself. Yeah, bro. Okay. Sweet. I'm sure he does. I do need to wrap it up right here. Right, hit me. But uh, for social media, where does everyone follow you guys? At Dylan Vance 24 7. Oh my God! It's twenty four seven. I did not even realize that. I thought it was two four seven this whole time. But I didn't put together twenty four seven. Always, baby. Dill on. You are the never off guy. No, mine's easy. It's at Duballs. D U B A L L S. Like doubles. Doubles. Duballs, oh. baby. I didn't even put those together. Either. Yeah, doubles. that's it's just an it's an old nickname that stuck, but it's uh, it's part of because your last na- your last name is Dubois. Dubois. Yeah, which is D U B O I S. Are you French? Like Duballs. <laughs> My dad's family's from Arkansas, so like you go back far enough, yeah. Same thing, right? Arkansas, France. <laughs> I didn't even know there was shit in Arkansas. That was just a freaking desert. <laughs> Anyways, all right, we're gonna wrap it up right, right. here. Um, if you guys haven't yet, make sure you guys subscribe, and we will see you guys in the next one. Thanks for watching. Peace. Thanks for having me, Tammy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>